today on the inside scoop. We got Tennessee targets coming off the board. The Florida Gators once again flexing their recruiting prowess in July. But first, we got commitments coming. Look at who's set to decide. These could go down in the next week or so. We got running back Braylon Russell, cornerback Selman Bridges, tight end Caleb Odom, athlete Makai Danzi, and big offensive tackle Jonathan Daniels. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. And Sam, I want to start at the top with running back Braylon Russell out of the state of Arkansas. He goes six foot one, 225 pounds. Now he is most likely going to make his decision on Friday of this week. Tennessee, Arkansas, South Carolina. What do you make of this recruitment? Yeah, um, well, you talk about that build at six foot one and 200 plus pounds. No wonder he's considering three SEC schools. Tennessee and South Carolina have both been involved very heavily after Russell, but Arkansas this year and in the state in itself with Braylon included is just very top heavy with blue chip recruits and Sam Pittman is doing a fantastic job of locking in that in-state talent. We know they already have commitments from Courtney Crutchfield, Charleston Collins, and right now I think they're trending at the right time with Braylon Russell ahead of his Friday decision. All right. And then also on Friday, in your neck of the woods in the state of Texas, where you spend a lot of time, we got cornerback Selman Bridges making his decision. He's six foot three corner, and it looks like a two team race here Texas and Arkansas. Yeah, Texas uh, was really, I believe, starting to separate from the pack this this spring. A lot of FaceTime around Terry Joseph, a lot of FaceTime around Steve Sarkeesian, but schools like Arkansas and USC were still hanging around. and. During his visit to the Hill for his official visit last month in June, um, the Arkansas coaches, Marcus uh, Woodson, just kind of hit it out of the park with Selman Bridges. And I think that the Razorbacks have, have an edge heading into Friday's decision. Um, I think Texas is still kicking the tires, and I think there's still um, slight optimism over in Arkansas, but they seem poised to get a commitment from one of the best cornerbacks in the country out of Central Texas. Well, Arkansas is really duking it out with some of the best teams in the country. Let's move on to four-star tight end Caleb Odom. Now, we know that he's going to be making his decision on Saturday. How do I know that? Because we're going to be hosting it right here in the On3 studios. Caleb Odom will be in Georgia. I'll be in the studio here in Nashville, and we're going to announce his commitment live on Saturday evening, so make sure you tune into that. This one, he named some favorites, Alabama, Ole Miss, Miami, Florida, and Texas A&M. Sam, I feel like this recruitment has kind of been a winding journey through really all these teams that I just mentioned have been in it at some point. But what's your read on it as we're about 48 hours out? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's taken a lot of different steps to get us to this point. And since the summer, the, the one team that's, that's created the most buzz around Caleb Odom, one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the country out of the Peach State, has been the Crimson Tide. We know that they're already starting to pick up steam on the recruiting trail this July. They just picked up a commitment from the number one interior offensive lineman in the country, Casey Poe, on Wednesday. And it seems like they're, they're poised to make some more noise with Caleb Odom come Saturday. Early on, I kind of felt like Ole Miss was maybe the leader in this one. Now, I, I agree with you. I think Alabama's trending. But who do you think is the biggest threat to maybe pull a surprise on Saturday with Caleb Odom? Yeah, you can't rule out Miami. Miami and Coach Mario Cristobal always capable of pulling out the fireworks on the recruiting trail. Um, I know that that visit to Miami really got Caleb Odom thinking. And like you said, Ole Miss had some momentum. Miami might have been the team to watch after the summer visits besides Alabama. All right, next up on Saturday is going to be Makai Danzi. He's a six foot one, 175 pound explosive athlete out of the Tallahassee area. 
Now he's visited only one school in the during the official visit season, and that was Florida State. But he did take two other notable visits to Florida earlier in the cycle, and I really think this comes down to an in-state battle. I'm leaning toward Florida State on this one. Danzy's the number seven ranked athlete in the country, 173rd overall. Now I'm hearing that Danzy's being recruited to Florida State to play on the offensive side of the ball. He's got explosiveness with the ball in his hands, probably either a running back or somewhere in the slot. But I do right now have Makai Danzy heading to Florida State. All right, one more announcement that we think could come on Saturday. It's not set in stone, but the big man, Jonathan Daniels out of Pensacola, Florida, six, four and a half, 280 pound offensive tackle. Sam, you've gone down to see him. Now he named some finalists, Kentucky, FSU, and Georgia. When you went to go see him though, it was LSU and FSU were the main schools. How did Georgia get their way into this one? Georgia has been in the mix since the, the turn of the calendar year. Uh, Coach Searles has obviously reached out to the best offensive lineman in the country, and, and he had Daniels in on campus in the spring, and he had him again on campus in June. Um, like you said, Josh, LSU was a team pushing for an official visit. They got him on campus a few times this spring. But when it, when, the, when it started to get to decision time, Florida State was standing tall, and Georgia was back in the mix along with Kentucky for official visits. Mm. So you and I both have recruiting prediction machine picks in for Florida State. 48, or 48 hours out, give or take a few hours. How do you feel about your prediction? Yeah, I still feel good about this. Um, the fact of the matter is, like you said, Florida State was one of the, the big teams in the mix with Jonathan Daniels early on. And as he moves closer and closer to the decision, down crunch time, if you will, Florida State is still standing really tall. Um, they got the last official visit before what we believe he think before when we believe he'll make a decision. Um, I like the Seminoles and where Alex Atkins has put the Seminoles heading into this summer decision. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like my pick there. Uh, we both put it in before Georgia really entered the picture. But since his official visit, Georgia has loaded up with offensive linemen. They have six on their commit list now. So I do think that they would take Jonathan Daniels, but I think the push to get him there probably isn't what it was before they got this landslide of commitment. So I'm rolling with the Knowles heading into this decision. All right, Sam, thanks for stopping by. We're going to have more decisions to talk about next week, more commitments coming, more news. It's just nonstop here on the Inside Scoop. Appreciate you stopping by today. It's time for the Tennessee staff to turn up, and there are some big decisions about to get made. So let's bring on Austin Price of VolQuest. Austin, some Tennessee targets are going to be coming off the board, so I want to talk about them right now. Let's go with wide receiver Amari Jefferson, who the four-star wideout is going to make his decision live right here in the On3 studio. So I want to ask you, where does Tennessee stand as we got like three weeks until his decision? Well, it's still super tight, Josh. Going to take a visit to Alabama and Tennessee to end the month. Uh, Tennessee on the 28th, Alabama on the 29th. Mm. Um, you know, some will tell you he's a lean to, Clint, or to, to Alabama. Some will tell you he's a lean to Tennessee. He likes to keep people guessing, and I think that uh, that's why there'll be a lot of uh, misdirection the next few weeks as he heads into that August 5th announcement. Which way you lean in, Austin? Uh, it's a coin flip. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, so much of this recruitment screams Tennessee to me. Quickest path to the field, Tennessee. Baseball program, considering he's a two-sport athlete and wants to be, is Tennessee. Um, you know, opportunities, you know, as an in-state guy, long-term, after your playing career is over with, um, all that stuff just screamed Tennessee to me. Now, some things scream Alabama because Alabama made him yeah. uh, uber-priority, uh, you know, 
several months ago. Nick Saban spent a ton of time with him on his official visit. And so that's why I think he's really, really torn on this decision as we head to the middle part of July. Either way, he continues to rocket up uh, the board for most. He's rocketing up the rankings. He went from 256 to 103 in the latest on three rankings. He's a really, really good player. All right, let's stay at the wide receiver position. We know Tennessee's recruiting this one really hard, too. Five-star wide receiver Mike Matthews out of the state of Georgia. We don't know exactly when he's going to make his decision. Could be here in the next couple weeks, but most likely between now and the time the season starts, Mike Matthews will be off the board. Where does Tennessee stand? Who's the biggest competition right now? Well, I mean, that's another one, much like Jefferson, you know, Tennessee seems to be the common theme here. Is it Tennessee Clemson? Is it Tennessee USC? Depending on who you ask, Tennessee's always the team uh, mentioned. Um, you know, Boo Carter, you know, when he was coming off his official visit, said he thought it was Tennessee Georgia. So, I mean, uh, again, Tennessee seems to be the common theme there for Mike. And uh, I think he got a lot of his questions answered that were, you know, kind of created some doubts on some previous official visits with some teams that were talking about Tennessee's offense. I think he got those answered on his OB. And, again, mm -hmm continue to see signs trending toward the balls yeah speaking about trending i have a pick in for mike matthews to tennessee that i put in i think it like the last day of may right around there i put it in for tennessee and tennessee fans if you're looking to check the temp on that i still feel good about my pick so we'll see what happens here over the next couple of weeks with mike matthews i want to talk right now about running back braylon russell i know he's a top target for tennessee and he has come out and said he's going to make his decision on Friday, July 14th, Tennessee, Arkansas, South Carolina. How do you feel this one's going to end? Well, I felt like Tennessee was the team to beat for a while now. And Arkansas has made a run. I think they've made it quite interesting here the last couple of weeks after the OVs, um, being an in-state school that's able to lean on him on a daily basis with people in the community. I still think Tennessee's in a good spot heading into Friday's announcement. Um, you know, but it, to me, it is a two-team race, Tennessee and Arkansas. Again, I think South Carolina is like Georgia is for Maury Jefferson. They're in it, but they're a, a third. And then a week later, another prospect that Tennessee fans have been waiting on for a couple months right now, four-star yeah. linebacker Edwin Spillman will announce his decision. The four-star linebacker goes six foot one, 220 pounds, right down the street here in Nashville. How does Tennessee look for his commitment? Well, it's hard to imagine him going anywhere else, right? And I think that's probably been Tennessee's <laughs> biggest hurt is everybody's just assumed Nathan's there, so thus Edwin's going to be there. And I think that's hurt Tennessee. And that's not Tennessee's fault. Tennessee's the best thing Tennessee's done is recruit Edwin like there is no Nathan and that there is no Givens and there is no you know uh, inside you know tracks to landing Edwin. And and I think Edwin's appreciated the fact that Tennessee has not taken him for granted just because his older brother is already on campus that they've recruited Edwin for Edwin. Uh, Ohio State really impressed Edwin. I think they're very much still in it. It wouldn't shock me if he said Ohio State, but again, I continue to believe it's it's going to be tough for me to see him going elsewhere. I, I think Tennessee, you know, likely gets good news next Friday, but again, uh, he's played things close to the vest. He ha he's had a lot of cloak and dagger, and I can respect that because if I was him, and it, same thing, I would tell, you know, like Coach Heupel doesn't like when people just assume when the job opens at Oklahoma that he's going to run back there. Right. Edwin Stillman doesn't like it that people just assume he's going to go to Tennessee because older brother Nathan is there, and, and he wants to be able to pick Tennessee if he's going to for Tennessee and not because older brother is there. All right. I got to ask you about another fan favorite on the Tennessee message boards, and that's Jordan Ross and for good reason he's the number 33rd ranked player overall the fourth ranked edge in the country now he hasn't exactly set a decision date either what are you hearing right now on his recruitment 
Well, he said the whole time he wanted to take it to November, December. His mom told us, you know, on the official visit, you know, that she had kind of advised him, like, hey, let the season play out. You know, the teams that you're interested, let's see what happens with their season, all that stuff. And then you started to see some teams kind of, you know, you know, you know, like Keith put it out there that, you know, Florida looked like they were going in a different direction, you know, uh, on Jordan Ross. But Jordan had been really from the on three NIL event at the end of May through his OBs had been gone like every weekend. So his mom's got kind of turned his phone off. Let's kind of get away from it. Let's think about it. I don't think it goes to November, um, but I don't think it's ending next week either. So like, I think that this is something like a September, October deal. And again, Tennessee carries a lot of momentum right now, but that means they got to carry momentum for a few more months, which is hard to do at times. Yeah, and spots are filling up, so we'll see what Jordan Ross does. Maybe there's a summer decision, maybe not, but I do think Tennessee sits in a pretty good spot for him right now. Speaking of top prospects, Kai Bates, the cornerback, the four-star corner, is currently trending at 24% to LSU. They're the leader, but it's a very tight race. He's taken official visits this summer to Alabama, Florida State, Tennessee, and LSU. He's out of the state of Florida. Florida State is really the only in-state team that's in on him. How do you feel about Bates as we're now in mid-July? Well, I think that he's been leaning Tennessee coming off his OBs to Tennessee and LSU mm -hmm. for the last few weeks. Now, the family, you know, they're originally from Alabama, even though he lives in Florida. They've recently convened in Alabama to kind of go over everything, talk about everything. What is the best option for Kai Bates? And, you know, he's kind of went dark on all sides, the LSU side, the Tennessee side. He's trying to, like, lay low, do some deep soul searching and thinking and, you know, right now, I think it's really close. I think I would lean Tennessee at this point, but LSU is still swinging hard there as they want to add another corner. They both do um, to this 2024 class. So, you know, I, right now I lean Tennessee, but I still think it's super close between LSU and Tennessee. All right, before I let you go, I want to check back in on some big visits that happened about four to six weeks ago that at the time we talked a lot about on the inside scoop. So I want to see if Tennessee still has traction with these guys. Williams Winery, he took an official visit in early June. Ryan Wingo on an unofficial visit in May. And five-star edge Dylan Stewart also took an unofficial visit in May. Just checking back here with you, Austin, does Tennessee still have any traction with these guys? Well, with Winery, they still talk to Winery. Uh, it still feels like all the momentum is with Georgia right now for him. And, and so, like, I, I think Tennessee's running a third right mm -hmm. now to, to Oklahoma and, and Georgia for Winery. Uh, as for Dylan Stewart, I don't think much is going on there at all. He took a visit, and I think that's all it was. And then with Ryan Wingo, uh, he's been here several times. It wouldn't surprise me to see him end up here at the end of the month. And I think he'll officially visit here this fall before he makes a uh, November, December decision. Uh, and his recruitment. So Tennessee, it just seems like right now that this wide receiver class between now and maybe the start of the season or now in signing day is really going to look a lot different by the end. So do you think that Tennessee is in position to potentially land two to three of these top wide, top end wide receivers? No doubt. I mean, they've got Braylon Staley. I think he's going to continue to rocket up the rankings. Uh, young man from Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, can really run. Uh, they've already got him in the class. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with Mike Matthews, uh, Maury Jefferson, Ryan Wingo. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Tennessee's kind of targeting those. And, and you know, we'll see we'll see what kind of what happens here over the next uh, few weeks or a few months. And uh, it could be one of Tennessee's best wide receiver halls ever 
Um, you know, going back to the days when they landed Robert Meacham out of, you know, Oklahoma and Jason yeah. Swain out of Huntsville, Alabama, and Robert Meacham or uh, Brett Smith out of Arkansas uh, could be one of Tennessee's best wide receiver halls ever. Well, it it makes sense. I mean, a year after you sign Nico Maliava, the top quarterback in the country, of course the wide receivers are going to want to come. So it should be an exciting three to four weeks for Tennessee fans. Austin Price, thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop. Appreciate it, Josh. Thank you, buddy. Florida had a big June, and they're flexing once again in July. So there's not much to complain about if you're a Florida Gator fan, right? Nothing to complain about. Okay, on Monday, Florida landed four-star offensive tackle Fletcher Westfall, a six-foot-eight, 335-pound offensive tackle out of the state of Virginia. And then on Wednesday, it was a big in-state win over rival Miami for four-star defensive lineman Kendall Jackson. Let's bring on Corey Bender of Gators Online to talk a little bit more. Now, Corey, three commitments this week is possible because tomorrow on Friday, three-star corner Teddy Foster announces his decision it comes down to miami uf and unc is this about to be another big in-state win for the florida gators bearing any surprises josh it should be um florida's been trending for almost a month now his sister graduated from florida and you know when i talk to the kid you know doing this job for so many years it's not often when you talk to a kid on the phone and you kind of get off the phone understanding like hey this could be the leader you can tell how important that one specific offer is in the kid's voice. And that's kind of what it was with Teddy Foster. When he was speaking to me about Florida, you can tell it was a game-changing offer. And the opportunity to stay home in Florida, playing the SEC, following his sister's footsteps. And it was just an offer the whole family was really excited about. So I know Miami's made up a little bit of ground in recent weeks. Um, North Carolina did a good job in their OV as well. But, you know, bearing any surprises, Florida should definitely win out um, come Friday. A little bit of a reversal on the trail. It seemed like last year, at least towards the end of the cycle, it was Miami that was winning all these battles. Now, Florida is just whooping up on Miami in-state so far this summer. Have you noticed a little change in the dynamics within the state? Yeah, a little bit. I, I feel like with Billy Napier's staff, they're just kind of getting their feet wet, and they have a whole day over a year under their belt up in Gainesville. They're getting adjusted, and the one thing with Florida, too, I know everyone, I talked to Keith about this, is like the culture they're kind of building up there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the kids they're recruiting are very high character, and you see that on OVs. A lot of these kids will come in town. They really kind of gel together. Um, a lot of kids can just connect in different ways, even though they haven't really met together. They haven't really met before. So I think with Florida, I just think, you know, it's a momentum game in recruiting. You know, in June, you get one or two commitments and other kids follow, and you know, social media is a big one with DJ Lagway. You know, the staff is hyping all this stuff up as well. So I think recruiting is just about catching momentum. And I th- think they caught it at the perfect time, you know, after a jam-packed month of June. It feels that way. And if they do go on to land Teddy Foster on Friday, that'll give the Gators 20 commitments. So we're getting down to some of these final spots. And the question becomes, can UF finish strong? Let's look at some of these big names on the board. Defensive lineman LJ McCray. Cornerback Wardell Mack, cornerback Jamari Howard, safety Zay Mincy. A lot of defensive backs here. It looks like, to me, Corey, that's the biggest remaining need left on the board for the Gators. 100%, Josh. Yeah, I think cornerback's their biggest need. The last couple of cycles, they signed some versatile DBs to kind of bounce around the secondary, and you'll fill different needs depending on what scheme they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, yeah, I think I would say cornerback's the biggest need. Also, 
it's the it's the one position I would say that has the biggest name targets left on the board. You know, wide receivers another one. Um, they're they're trying to flip several guys at the position, but you know, Jamari Howard, Zay Mincy, there are some big corners, some big kids that can play safety as well. And then Teddy Foster, who's more of a pure corner. So I think with Corey Raymond, you just got to trust what he's doing. This is why you pay him the big bucks to kind of win these recruiting battles. So I think right now, I think that corner is the biggest need, but I think it's one of those positions that should be filled fairly quickly. And then all attention, if they do get Teddy Foster, will be on, you know, Jamari Howard and Zane Mincy. And with, with Howard, he's coming to town at the end of this month, and that'll be a big opportunity for the Gators. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about LJ McRae right now to Mainland High School there in the state of Florida. This is another in-state battle, mainly between FSU and UF. And it looks like I would probably give the edge right now to the Gators. Are they going to be able to get him on campus at the end of this month? It's there. He's expected. So I know I talked to a few sources in Gainesville. He is expected to be there and that'd be huge. Him and Zay Mincy both have a timeline that's kind of unclear right now. Mm-hmm. I know initially, I know Mincy wanted to decide before the season. McCray had an OV set with FSU for October. And I always thought for a while FSU had a slight edge over Florida for McCray. Um, just depending on, you know, that, that visit date is huge. He took all his OVs in June. And, you know, Tallahassee for a game day, you know, for that, that'll be his only game day OV. Could, leave, could really leave a lasting impression. And I know FSU's been consistent too. So I know the timing of that OV is very important. So I think Florida, they really have to kind of knock out of the park on July 29th when they do host them. But I think it's going to be very close. I think it's nearly a coin flip between those schools. You got Georgia too, the out-of-state school. You can't obviously rule them out. Uh, but I think he stays in state. Miami is kind of more of the dark horse for him. I know that staff is very high on him. When I went to his spring game, they had several staff members there. FSU was there too. So it'll likely come down to the in-state schools with McCray, but I think I don't think anyone right now knows exactly where he's going to go. His recruitment's that close. No, but it's six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. You can see why he is so highly valued here in the South. All right, now we're talking cornerback. You got Wardell Mack coming in at the end of the month, and what's up with Jamari Howard though? He's a former Michigan State commitment. And when he reopened his uh, recruitment right before summer started, it sure seemed like it was going to be a big three battle. But then this summer, he did something a little weird to me. He took official visits to Michigan State and Rutgers, two teams that, hey, I just don't think that they're really going to factor into his final decision. So what's going on with his recruitment? Is this something that we're going to expect to see go into the fall or I mean, what's going on? Yeah, and I, I wrote in one of my insiders, I think it's one of those recruitments where it could get shut down this summer or it could be in the fall. I don't even think Howard knows what he wants to do yet. And like you said, with Michigan State, you don't often you don't often see a kid decommit from a school that far away and then take an OV just a few weeks later. You basically kind of have them on the outside looking in. You mention them as a top school, but you kind of know they're not gonna he's not gonna end up back there. But I really think the Spartans are still in this. They really knocked out of the park during their OV. They're still a major threat. The problem with that is they are, he already took his OV to Michigan State. You know, he plays Friday nights in Miami, some games on the Saturday. To kind of book an unofficial visit to get up to East Lansing is going to be very, very difficult, right. which will allow the in-state schools to have more face time with them, generate that momentum down the stretch. So I think right now I still like FSU and Florida the most. You know, FSU is the dream school, and um, and I, I don't like bringing it up too much, but when I did ask him that a few months ago, I said, what was your dream school? He called me out and goes, FSU. You can tell you, like, there's a different type of interest there from his childhood. But I think recruiting-wise, Florida probably has a little bit more momentum, 
and getting him on campus that weekend instead of FSU is huge. So we'll see if Corey Raymond can close. And I, I have him on three possibilities for the next commit, depending on if they knock out of the park and he says, hey, this is where I want to go. I'm just going to commit while I'm in town. So it's kind of a wait and see with him. Yeah, and Corey, you and I have been covering recruiting inside the state of Florida long enough to know that sometimes being named the dream school can also be the kiss of death for that program in terms of landing a prospect. I don't know why. It just seems like it shakes out that way sometimes. All right, moving on to Wardell Mack. Early on, you know, the Gators were always kind of hanging in the recruitment, but as the summer months have worn on, it seems like they might be the favorite right now. So who do you think is the biggest competition for the Gators to land Wardell Mack? So this is another really interesting recruitment. And I say that because we just mentioned the, the cornerback targets. They're all in the state of Florida. They let, I know Wardell Max high in that board, but from talking to a few sources in recent weeks, I know the in-state guys are a little bit more of a priority right now. Mm-hmm. So I think with that being said, this visit on the 29th is going to answer a lot of questions because he's already OV. I think this will be his third visit to campus. And we kind of view him as kind of like that next tier of cornerback on their board. But at the same time, it could be one of those situations where, you know, stuff can change and all of a sudden he's on board with the Gators. But I know Texas has been generating a lot of momentum with him as well. LSU's a school close to home. He's another, it's another recruitment. I don't, I won't have Florida on top of it. I think Florida's more in the top two, top three, just depending on where their mm-hmm. cornerback board is. But I know Texas is a school that probably did the best job in their OV. And LSU, depending on where their board is too at cornerback, you can't rule them out if they give him the green light. I, I don't know where he is on their board right now, but you know, I think right now Texas and LSU and Florida are the three I'm monitoring the most for Mac. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Now, uh, what about safety Zaymans? He's a really talented player, checks in inside the top 150 at 133 overall, and he's also teammates with LJ McCray at Mainland High School. How much of Zay Mincy's recruitment depends on what LJ McCray does, or are they not linked at all? I think they both would like to play together. Obviously, they're they're close, they're friends. But if you look at their OV schedule, it didn't line up the same. So McCray OV Florida on a different date than Mincy did. And I kind of thought that was interesting. I thought maybe they would just take their OVs together. And that kind of showed me like, hey, maybe they're they're open to kind of doing their own thing. Um, so I, I think overall, I mean, if it lines up perfectly, like a school like Florida or FSU or Miami, I mean, they'd be stoked to play together. I know that for a fact. But it's definitely not, um, you know, they're not a package deal. They don't have to play together. So I think with Mincy, I put in a pick for him about three months ago, and that's basically they always say read the visits. And Florida's hosting him more than any school by a long shot. It's a school closest to home. And he's a kid that doesn't really – he's not on social media all the time with mm-hmm. edits and stuff. He's kind of just kind of treating it like a business, doing it behind the scenes. And I think Florida's position is the best right now. Um, FSU's up there too, Miami. It's almost the same type of landscape that he has with McCray, the in-state schools and you know, a few out-of-state schools like Alabama and schools like that that you obviously cannot rule out. You know, they can host him in the fall and next year you know he's committed to them. So, But as it stands right now, Mincy, I have him as a strong Florida lean with the in- other in-state schools right behind the Gators. So I think with Florida, they just have to keep doing what they're doing, keep getting him on campus. And he wanted to decide before the season, then it kind of got pushed into the season. So if they can get him on campus on the 29th, which right now is kind of 50-50, I think it will be a massive opportunity for Florida to hopefully you know, put the nail in the coffin before the season and get him in the class. Yeah, and in about two weeks, we're looking at the Grill at the Ville, UF's big cookout end-of-the-month July celebration. 
Uh, Gators Online, you guys have a running visitor list of who's going to be there. But I wanted to know, Corey, we kind of touched on this earlier about flipping two wide receiver targets. Will they be at the grill at the Ville? And I'm talking about Ohio State wide receiver commit Jeremiah Smith and Miami wide receiver commit Chance Robinson. So I talked to Jeremiah a few days ago, and he said, I don't know yet. And I know people are going to say, like, well, that doesn't sound promising. No, that's actually not that bad of news because he's a kid that doesn't really deal with recruiting that much publicly when it comes to media. And most of the time, I'll be like, no, I'm not going. Or, hey, I'm not going to answer because I don't want all these rumors to get out. But it's the same. He said he doesn't know yet. So that trip is possible. Um, you know, a lot of Florida commits are going to be in town that weekend. DJ Lagway is more of a 50-50, mm-hmm. but I'm sure Smith said, hey, I'm going to go. I'm sure DJ would find a way to get to Gainesville <laughs> like he did the other two times when Smith visited. So Smith right now is a 50-50. Um, and I think, obviously, unless Brent Hartline leaves or takes a head coaching job, I just don't see him flipping. If I think Florida might be the, the school position, position best to flip him. But that's, that's not really saying too much. I just think his commitment's very strong. And then I'll see with Chance Robinson. I actually just wrote about him a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. You know, he said he was locked with Miami after his OV. But as I always tell people, is you kind of have that visit high. You're getting the red carpet treatment. I mean, everything is like glitz and glamour at that time. But it's really in the weeks after once it settles down. You know, where's that commitment stand? And I think the Hurricanes, obviously, they really knocked out of the park. They strengthened that pledge for him. But I definitely wouldn't count the Gators out at all. I think if he was to go somewhere else, I think it would definitely be Florida. You know, Billy Napier, Billy Gonzalez, I mean, they're all pushing for him hard. Each time he's visited, I mean, he's raved about Florida. So it's just the timing of those visits. Miami got him on campus after. Got him to kind of lock it down. But I'd be surprised if he doesn't visit one or two more times, you know, before the end of the cycle. And I think they're still very much in it. So probably sitting right now, probably better chance at flipping Chance Robinson, would you say, as it stands? Yeah, I would definitely say that. And it, it just really goes to show Brian Hartline and just Jeremiah Smith, you know. I mean, I get it. Number one player in the country. It's really a business decision at this point. Where am I going to go? And, I mean, can you really fault him, you know, for going there for that? So hey, I know for him, yeah. though, he likes all the instinct schools. I know it's probably harder than what many people think, saying no to these schools, but – Unless something changes, I just don't see him flipping right now. I think Chance is a better shot. Yeah, it's tough to flip anything from Ohio State, especially a wide receiver. All right, before I let you go, I got one more guy I want to check in on because we talked about him a lot throughout the spring and into that summer when he took an unofficial visit to Gainesville, and that's five-star edge Colin Simmons. The Remember when he was in Gainesville, all the photos, all the rumors – then it kind of died down because he took a whole summer tour of official visits. So I just wanted to know, do the Gators still have traction right now with Colin Simmons? They, they might get a visit down the line, but I, I don't see them being a real player at all. We, we did a story at Gears Line, and yes, no, or maybe. Mm-hmm. And you kind of put down where you kind of see that target in relation to Florida. I put him I, I put him as a no just because right now, I mean, like you said, I think you said it perfectly, Josh. He took all those OVs in June all these campus visits and you ask him about Florida, he says all the right things, but maybe Florida gets an OV down the line and he has a good time. But you know, it's one of that classic phrase, just a hat on the table. I just don't see them overtaking any of these other schools like the Texas schools or whoever, you know, LSU and schools like that. So maybe they get an OV, but if I'm a Florida fan, I wouldn't hold your breath at all. I just think it's going to be too much of an uphill battle. All right, Corey. Well, it was great having you on the Inside Scoop. I'm amazed that you could even take 10 minutes in between all these commitments this week to join us. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos 
on the On3 YouTube page.